Great. Well, guys, I'm just so uh, delighted to to be with you. As Andy mentioned, uh, you know, I'm good friends with Andy and Laura, and so I get to hear so much about what's going on with you guys, and uh, just so pleased to be here for myself. And tonight, I am here to ask you a question, and the question is this, what are you hungry for? Okay, I wonder if you'd do me a favor, turn to the person next to you, look them deep in the eye and say, what are you hungry for? Okay, okay. And now what you need to do is turn to the person on the other side of you, the person that you rejected first time around, but, but they're, they're not hurting, it's okay. And, and say to them, what are you hungry for? Okay, and now everybody together, I need you to, to all look around at me and point right into my face like that and go, what are you hungry for? That's very good, very good. Thanks very much. Okay, with that in mind, I would like to introduce you to a pizza warrior, okay? A pizza warrior. His name is Kelvin Medina. There he is up on the screens. Kelvin Medina is a pizza warrior, so called, because he holds the world record, official world record, for the fastest person to have eaten a 12-inch pizza in the least amount of time, okay? Now, the previous world record, before the pizza warrior Kelvin Medina showed up on the scene, the previous world record stood at 41.31 seconds to eat a 12-inch pizza. Now, I'm sure you'll agree, that is pretty spectacular. But I wonder if you would watch the screens and sit in awe and admire the incredible pace, the incredible fortitude of pizza warrior Kelvin Medina. Here he is. The guy smashed the record by 18 seconds, guys. That is some serious, serious pizza eating. So, so maybe some of you are hungry for pizza, but tonight I'm wanting to ask you the question, what are you hungry for? After three, let's say that together. One, two, three. What are you hungry for? Or put it this way, if tonight I had the power to grant you, each of you, one wish, just one wish, what would you wish Four, okay? Would it, be, would it be for a million pounds that you could just spend on whatever you wanted? Maybe that's what you'd wish for. Maybe you would wish for 100,000 followers on Instagram. Or, I don't know, maybe like, maybe 100 snap streaks of 100. I don't know, I'm not really on Snapchat, so I don't really know if that's a thing, to be honest with you. Maybe it would be for, for the ability. Maybe you would wish for the ability to eat a 12-inch pizza in 23 seconds. I don't know, maybe that would be the thing you'd wish for. Or maybe for you it would be, it would be exam success. You know, you're approaching that season of your life and, and you're kind of really worried about it, anxious about it. So if you had one wish, you would wish for exam success. Or maybe you're a musician and you'd wish for a big break in, into the music industry. Or, or maybe you're a sports person and you'd wish for a trial at your favorite football team. Maybe for you, it would be a relationship that you'd wish for. Because you, you look at your friends who, who are in relationships and they seem to be really happy and you think, I kind of like that. I kind of want to have what they have. And so the thing you would wish for would be a relationship. Or maybe for you, if I gave you one wish, you would choose to change something about yourself that you're not happy with. Maybe you would change your weight or, or your body shape or, or maybe you would change like the shape of your nose or, or, or like your teeth. Do you know what? I've had 13 teeth out right? Only one of them was a baby tooth because I had too many teeth. That's weird, right? 
I know. Um, and the really gross thing about it is most of those teeth I actually still have in a little bag. Um, I should have brought them to show you, but I, I didn't. But maybe, like me, you would wish for fewer teeth. I don't know. What would you wish for? What are you hungry for? Because I guess that we hunger for the things that we think will bring us fulfillment. We, we long for the things that we believe will bring us happiness once we have them. We think to ourselves, you know, if, if, if I was in that relationship, or if I, if I just lost that little bit of, of weight, or if, if I was in that relationship, or if I could pull more girls, or pull more guys, or if, if I was more popular, or if I had more success, then I would be content. If I just had that little bit more. That's the thing I'm missing right now, and that is the thing that would fulfill me. What are you hungry for? Now, I need to make a little bit of confession, um, and you're not going to believe this when I tell you, but I was actually born in the 80s. Now, I know you're looking at me and you're thinking, Tim, it's impossible to believe you look like you were born in 2000 or something like that. But I know that's what you're thinking. But it's true. I was actually born in 1984, which is almost ancient history. But the dinosaurs were extinct. Okay, by, by that. When were you born, Andy Hancock? 86. So uh, you got a couple of years younger than me. So, so I grew up in the 1980s. Now, the 1980s, you weren't there. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about some awesome things about the 1980s. Because the 1980s were famous for Back to the Future. Now, has anybody seen Back to the Future? Okay, born in the 80s, just like me. The 1980s were also famous for, for something called Reebok pumps. Now, you guys are like, well, I've got no idea what that is. But this is a true thing that was actually, actually a thing, okay? These were trainers that had on the tongue a pump. And you would pump up your trainers. That was a thing in the 80s, a real thing. I'm not making that up. The 80s were also famous for John Bon Jovi, okay? Yeah. Etc. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Yes, exactly. 80s, all 80s. The 80s were also famous for the Transformers. The Transformers were born in the 80s, just like me. They've been a little bit butchered now by Michael Bay, but they used to be cool. Okay. And, and the 80s were almost favorite for them. This is my favorite and was my favorite as a kid. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 80s, guys. 80s. I'm telling you, that's where it's at. Now, the 80s, as well as being famous for all of those things, the 80s were also famous, um, not famous, notorious for the terrible haircuts. Okay? There we go. That's the vibe in the 80s. And basically, in the 80s, hair came under this one mantra. Okay? And the mantra for hair in the 80s was simply this, more is better. Check it out. Just more is, more, more is better. I mean, it, it doesn't matter, you know, man, woman, boy, girl, just more it, it is better. Can we have the next one? I mean, just that is hair. That's just lots and lots of hair. I mean, I mean it doesn't just apply to individuals. It also applies to families as well. Just more, more, more is better, more hair. And a lot of things have changed since the 1980s, since I grew up. Loads of things have changed. But here's one thing that hasn't changed, that we still live in a world that tells us more is better. More is better. More will satisfy your hunger. 
More will make life worth living. More of what? Well, more of anything, really. More friends, more fame, more stuff, more money, more sex, more popularity, more success. Whatever it is, more is the destination you should aim for. Because when you have more, that's when your hunger will be satisfied. In fact, did you know that you and I are bombarded with, uh, research shows, 500 adverts a day? Every day, through social media, through the internet, through billboards, through posters at bus stops, through television advertising, you and I see 500 adverts every day. That means that you and I see 182,500 adverts every year. Whoa. And these adverts are designed to convince you that you will not be complete, that you will not be satisfied, that that your hunger will not be satiated until you get that new skin cream or you wear that clothing brand or you lose that weight or you have those bigger eyelashes or you wear cooler trainers or you, I don't know, smell like you've been rolling around on the shelves in Lush or something. You will not be happy until you have more of the product they are trying to sell you. And so what happens is we, without even knowing it consciously, we we buy into that lie. It's hard not to, really, with so many of those messages confronting us day by day. We buy into that lie. We begin to strive for more of that thing that we believe would satisfy us, only to discover that when we get it, more is relative. Because... Even when you get more than you've got now, there's still somebody who's got more than you. There's still somebody who's got more likes. There's still somebody who's got more followers. There's still somebody who's got more clothes. There's still somebody uh, who's, who's got more popularity. There is still somebody with more success than you. And as it turns out, while it felt good for a while, that, that new relationship, that new popularity, that success, that look you were going for, didn't stop the feeling of inadequacy that exists somewhere down in your gut. And still, we're hungry for more. Russell Brand said it like this. This is what Russell Brand said in an interview. He said, I was poor when I was growing up. I wanted to be rich and famous. I thought it will be good to be rich and famous. It will be good to be the opposite of this. It will be good to have money. It will be good to be invited to the party. Well, I've been to the party. I've been inside now. I've been on the other side of the looking glass and it ain't worth it. It don't feed your soul. I still feel empty inside and I'll tell you why. Listen to this. Russell Brand says, the things we're being offered can't fuel what we're looking for. The things we're being offered in 182,500 adverts a year, the things we're being offered at school, the things we're being offered among our friendship groups, the things we're being offered can't fuel what we're looking for. And he's right. So what can? (laughs) 
what can fuel what we're looking for, what can satisfy our hunger, what can bring us fulfillment and contentment if fame and popularity and sex and money and relationships and stuff won't fulfill our hunger, what will? What are we hungry for, really? Well, the good news is that you and I have a Bible And in this Bible, we find answers to questions like that. And and I'm going to read to you a little passage. If you've got a a, a Bible with you, it would be great if you could join me there. If you don't, don't worry, I'll read it to you. But I'm going to read to you a little passage from a book in the Bible called John and the fourth chapter. And this is the story of when Jesus meets a Samaritan woman getting water out of a well because they didn't have taps in their houses in those days and they kind of had to go out to the well to get some water and she was going out and Jesus met her there and this is the story it says that Jesus in verse 4 of chapter 4 of John it says that Jesus came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. You see, so what's happening here is that Jesus is in the presence of someone that in his culture, he had no right interacting with okay because firstly he was a man and she was a woman and you didn't do that and secondly he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan and you didn't do that it's kind of like Andy Hancock wouldn't talk to an Everton fan right it's similar kind of (laughs) similar kind of situation to that and and but Jesus he breaks the social taboo and he says hey I wonder I'm thirsty from the journey Would you give me a drink? And she's surprised that he's even said anything to her, but he has. And then the conversation goes on. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Okay, now this little sentence in the Bible is so important and it's on the screen. And so what I would love is for all of us to read this one together, okay? But not like, like, with a bit of passion. Okay, are you ready? After three, we're all going to read this together. One, two, three. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing that you can draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as he also did his his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water, the water in the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is talking about something much deeper than the drinking water that's in the well, but the woman doesn't quite get it, and she still thinks that he's talking about drinking water. Check it out. It says, the woman said to him, sir, 
give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. She's like, man, it's a pain that I have to come here and like draw the water out of the well and carry these heavy buckets of water back to my house to, to provide the water from the fountain. So if you're telling me I can just take some water and never have to do it again, I'm in. I'm game. I, I, I want some of that. But it isn't what Jesus was talking about. And so then the conversation takes a bit of a turn. He told her, go and call your husband, that's Jesus, go and call your husband, Jesus said, and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Listen to this. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband, so what you have said is quite true. And Jesus drops the mic. (laughs) And exit, stage left, no. Because you see, Jesus was a man who had a thirst for water, but he saw in front of him a woman who had an unquenched thirst, an unsatisfied hunger that she was looking to fulfill with relationships. And she'd gone from man to man to man to man thinking that when she finds the right one, finally she will be satisfied. When she finds the right relationship, finally that guy is going to fill the hole that she feels and she will be happy. And now she's on her sixth guy and she's still hoping. And what Jesus is saying to her is you could get to 26 and you still wouldn't find what you're looking for. Why? Because true fulfillment can never come through self-gratification. See, Jesus knew 2,000 years ago what Russell Brand just found out today. That the things we're being offered can't fuel what we're looking for. And so Jesus says to this woman, and he would say to you and me today, if you really want to be satisfied, if you want that hunger to be filled, if you want to be content, then what you need is me. Nothing else. Nothing else is going to do it. I love this little quote from C.S. Lewis. And and C.S. Lewis said this. He said, I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. We were made for a relationship with Jesus. And until we find it truly and authentically, we will never be truly satisfied. Here's the big idea. You cannot satisfy in you what God made to be satisfied in him. You cannot satisfy in anything else what God made to be satisfied in him. In other words, fulfillment isn't something that you discover by looking for it. Fulfillment is a byproduct. You don't find fulfillment by looking for it. You find it by looking for God. And then fulfillment finds you. And and with that truth in mind, um, and keeping that thought in our mind, what I would love to try and do now is, and it is relevant, don't worry, I would love to see if we could break an eating world record of our own. Do you, think, do you think we could do that? And so what I'm going to need is I'm going to need two people to help me. And, and these two people need to be two things. A, they need to be hungry. Okay. And B, 
They need to not be allergic to chocolate or probably to nuts or have any kind of allergies that's going to get somebody in trouble. But if you do get, you know, if you do have an allergic reaction, please email andy.hancock at Zion. Okay, yeah. Uh, so two people, two people who are, who, are, who are angry. So we'll get a guy and a girl. So we'll get you two guys there. That would be great. So and why don't we give a little round of applause to, to our volunteers. Now, there is, as, as you guys come up and get ready, there is a world record. This is an official world record certified by the Guinness Book of World Records. There is a world record for eating M&Ms, the, like the most M&Ms blindfolded in a minute, okay? With chopsticks. With chopsticks blindfolded in a minute, okay? Okay? Now, guys, the world record is 20, okay? 20 in a minute. And I'm wondering if, if you think you can break that world record. No. I love your passion. Could you break that world record? No. Okay, this isn't going as planned. Okay. <laughs> but the world record was set by a guy named uh, Ashrita Furman in New York on the 8th of December 2011. And there were 20 M&Ms eaten with chopsticks blindfolded. And I would just think that, hell's are in 2016... 22nd of January, we could beat that world record today. So what I'm going to ask you to do, just get your technique right, okay? So before we put the blindfold on, just, you can kneel down, you can kneel down, okay? And um, just get the chopsticks, only the chopsticks, you're not allowed to use your hands or your fingers, and just get, try and get the technique right, just have a little practice, see if you can do it without the blindfold, okay? Okay? I mean, this isn't going to go well, guys, if you can do it without the blindfold. Do you know what? I think we might just do this without the blindfold. Okay, okay. Um, and if what, some of you gets like 25, okay, then we'll try it with the blindfold. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to set a minute on my phone. Uh, who reckons uh, we're going to get 15 to 20 M&Ms? No. Okay, Faith over here like that. Who's, who's, saying, who's saying maybe 10 to 15? Okay, no. Okay, who, who's saying maybe 5 to 10? Okay, who's saying 0 to 5? Your friends have great confidence in you guys, okay? Okay, so I'm going to count down, and we're going to start, and we are going to have a winner, okay? Uh, these guys are going to count on your behalf. Okay, three, two, one, go. One minute. Red team, blue team, red team, blue team, okay? Here we go. I mean, I'm, I've got to say to you, the world record is 20 in a minute blindfolded. You are not blindfolded and have so far none. One, one, oh, one on this side, one on this side. How we do, I mean, without assistance, by the way. <laughs> That's 30 seconds gone, guys. Okay, you've got a twin. Have you got one yet? One, one over here. How many have you got? One also. It's the hour of power. Oh, that was cheating. Brutal cheating. Okay, guys. Ready for the countdown? Five, four, three, two, one. Stop. Okay, that was spectacular. How many did you get? One. One. How many did you get without cheating? Five. <laughs> okay, okay, some creative thinking there. Can we give a big, uh, big hand to our volunteers, please? Thank you. I, uh, 
I am frightened to think how many you would have got actually with a blindfold on. I, and I'd also love to see the guy do 20 with a blindfold on because seeing that, that's quite uh, spectacular. Why did we play this game? This is why. Until you hunger after God, your hunger will never be satisfied. And if you are hungry for other things to make you complete, to make you content, then it will be like trying to eat M&Ms with chopsticks with a blindfold on. You might get, every now and then, one or two things that taste good for a while, but what you really need is a proper meal, and you're never going to get it by seeking it that way. That's what it looks like when we try and find contentment and fulfillment and purpose in anything else other than Jesus. Now, you may be thinking, well, Tim, I, I, I don't kind of buy, buy this because, you know, I'm not sure that I have that much of Jesus and I kind of feel okay right now in my relationship and with the stuff that I've got and the life that I'm living. Okay, let me explain what we can do. Just as we were created, designed for a relationship with God. And until we have that truly and authentically, our hunger will never be satisfied. So too, physically, we were created to need food and our hunger will never be satisfied until we eat it. Okay? My friend Mark is on a diet. Okay? And he has to just kind of eat fruit and not eat very much during the day. And so instead of eating proper food, like a proper meal like he really wants, what he does instead, okay, is he drinks a lot. Not like drinks a lot, like you know what I'm saying. But he like drinks a lot of Pepsi. He drinks a lot of tea. He drinks a lot of fruit juices. Why? Because he's trying to disguise the hunger that he feels. And he does that, he drinks a lot, and it kind of makes him feel okay for a little while. But here's the thing. He hasn't satisfied his hunger. He's only disguised it. And that's how it is when we try to find fulfillment in anything else but God. We can disguise our hunger for a little while, feel satisfied for a little while, but it's only when we have Jesus that our hunger is truly fulfilled. Guys, the truth is this. The things we're being offered can't fuel what we're looking for. It may fill us up for a few weeks, a few months, even a few years. But in the end, you cannot satisfy in you what was designed to be satisfied in God. But as Jesus said, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, he would have given you living water. A couple of chapters later, and I'll finish with this. Jesus says this. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. My friends, you and I were created to have a relationship with Jesus. And until we have it, our souls will never be satisfied. So today, you and I, we've presented with a choice. Either we search for M&Ms blindfolded with chopsticks and hope that every now and then we get a taste that will fill us up. Or we take off the blindfold, see Jesus for who he really is, and enjoy a proper meal. <laughs> because Jesus is the bread of life. And whoever comes to him will never go hungry, and whoever believes in him will never be thirsty. Would you accept Jesus 
invitation today. I wonder if you pray for me as the band come back up and we start to draw this in to a close. Maybe close your eyes. And maybe, maybe, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. I, I, um, would you just close your eyes, guys? Would that be okay? One of the things that uh, I was just feeling um, God was wanting to say or maybe doing as, as we were building up to tonight is that there are some of us who are not satisfied. Maybe we have a relationship with Jesus, maybe we don't, but the thing specifically that we're not satisfied with is ourselves. Um, it might be that life around us is good, it might be that life around us isn't, but the thing we're not satisfied with is ourself. We don't feel content with ourselves, and it might be the way that you look. It might be that you don't feel that you've got anything good to offer the people around you. It might be something you're not able really to define. But Jesus would want to come and satisfy your hunger. And he would want to come and say, yeah, I'm the bread of life. And when you know who you are in me, you can be satisfied. You can be fulfilled. And so here's, here's what I want to do. Um, with every eye closed, there's, well, I don't want to embarrass you in any way. But with everyone with their eyes closed and just their heads bowed now, if, if that truthfully is, is you and you don't feel satisfied with yourself, with who you are in, in any of those ways I've described or another, then we would just, I would just love to be able just to pray for you now. Um, and so all I'm going to ask you to do is just to raise a hand up in the air just so, and I'm just going to pray over you and then we're just going to do a, do a closing song. So if that's you and you don't feel satisfied with yourself, with every eye in the room closed, can you just raise up hands so we can know who we're praying for? Great, thank you. Yeah, you can put your, you, you, yeah, you can, guys, thank you, yeah, great. Okay, I've seen a few, yeah, four. Was there anyone else who just wanted to be really honest and say, this is the truth, I just don't feel satisfied with myself? guys can put your hands down God I want to thank you that when you made these guys each and every one of them but specifically those who've just put their hands up that when you made them you did not make a mistake that when you made them you did not get it wrong you didn't leave something out but when you made them you knit them together in their mother's womb you crafted them specifically intentionally and deliberately to be just the people that you wanted them to be I thank you God and I pray that they would know in this moment by your spirit that they are enough for you just as you are enough for them that they don't have to change themselves or prove themselves to anybody around them to earn the approval of God because they have it through Jesus. May they be fulfilled in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
guys, if, if any of you who put your hands up wanted to pray into that a little bit more and it might be something that you just want to talk about or pray about or talk through, it would, might be a good thing to do that. Then I'm going to suggest that if we could maybe get a couple of team just at the back by the camera, would that be okay? And if you put your hand up as we sing this last song and you'd like to pray about that or talk about that, please don't be embarrassed. All of us feel that at some time in our lives. I know I do. Go and talk to someone, pray it through. Um, whereas everyone else will stand together we'll sing a final song guys thanks for listening so well you've been amazing it's been a real pleasure to be with you go and get some prayer and have a chat if you want some but everyone else let's stand let's come right forward again everybody forward get out of your seats get out of the rows we're going to finish and we're going to sing one last song as we close nice one